When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, folks, uh, we're ready to record. Ooh, okay. Um, I hope every, everybody's got their character sheet in front of them. I do. Yeah. Yes. Thank you very much. Everybody the feels printer. they understand this game. <laughs> sure. What? You know we don't. <laughs> Faced with the question of, you know, what, what to do next, you managed to convince your crew to join you on your wild plan, but uh, you don't exactly know how you're going to assault this ship, which uh, is more military-oriented ship than yours is. Like, you are operating a small cargo vessel. Not small, but a cargo vessel that is smaller than this gunship. What do you do? And where do we find you? Because well, um, I think it's probably the next morning. Yes. Oh, well, you're probably hungover. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm. Uh, so, Jonnet. Well, he's 15, too. Um, so, he might so bounce back dead. a little bit quicker. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, Jonnet is actually. He's been awake for a little while. I guess we got the call to, like, oh, get up, get it, like, do your door, na- daily chores. And Jonnet has been just, like, very, very sluggishly, like, grabbing his shirt and like he's trying to put it in and he's putting his arm through like the head hole and then like someone's got to come through and like help him out and he's just he's just like very very disoriented so and now we're around where Jonnet sleeps on the ship what does that look like so it's in the common quarters Jonnet actually doesn't have like a set hammock that he normally sleeps on because he's the youngest kind of one of the smallest and one of the least senior members on the ship so it's one of those things where who's gotten like fed up with their hammock is like i want to change the scenery they'll leave and john it will come in probably like another 10 minutes after that and just like throw his stuff and then just like wee boom in the hammock so he's probably set up shop it's like right underneath the staircase the thing that was waking him up today was a bunch of people getting up and like going to do like the daily chores Mm -hmm. and just like the stepping by has woken him up and he's very disoriented oh god i love it i I feel like that's how we see john at waking up too is like we can Mm -hmm. see him stirring as some feet walk by and then more boots walk by and like wake him up fully it also (laughs) establishes john as our ship's harry potter (laughs) that's gonna come back (laughs) there's uh his face is all scar uh, there's very little actual facial features, but there's like... No, we didn't notice. We didn't mention that at first. He yeah, has a yeah, lightning-shaped yeah. normal... Uh, <laughs> when he says all-scar, he means from the Lion King. Hey, now, you're an all-scar. <laughs> all-scar. <laughs> uh, and then a song sung by Scar that is, hey, now, you're an all-scar. 
Uh, but hey, all the, no, all hey, the no. Smash Mouth yeah. lyrics are Mufasa related puns. All right, we got this. Someone yeah. sell this idea. Disney? All to me. That the sun touches is yours. <laughs> 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 All right, so yeah, you, you were you were waking up. So he wakes up. Like, uh, what happened? I got the drinks. Ah, oh, God. Ah, <laughs> uh. and so he uh, just kind of like starts to walk up the stairs, and then like right before he gets on the deck, he like crosses the the threshold of like where the sun is hitting him, and he just like feels like very awful, and he's very squinty, and his eyes are very bloodshot, but he's trying his best to be ready and uh, ready for duty. We've got Dref on the ship, who is a medical person. Would you be going to Dref for this, or you know? Oh yeah, you know? sure. Where's your Where's your like office in the it's ship? It's right by the captain's quarters. Okay, uh, Johnnet walks up. And he thinks he's, like, trying to help do his duties. He's like, grabs some rope and is, like, trying to, like, fasten it to nothing. And then one of the crew members is like, you should go see Dref. And he's like, I should go see Dref. And so he goes downstairs and he goes and knocks on Dref's door. Hey, Dref. Enter. Dref, my thoughts hurt. You you see Dref. He's got his back to you and he's um at his desk parchment unrolled and he's like scribbling things on a piece of parchment but he's not paying you much mind draft draft uh, the uh, table uh, to, to your left to your left what uh, and you see a uh, glass of like effervescent liquid that's just like uh, bubbling slightly like pinkish colored probably like four ounces of you know liquid and it's like bubbling in a glass do you just have this laying around normally? No, it's for you. Uh, drink it, um, and it'll help your head and uh, help you get your uh, senses back quicker. Oh, thanks. I drank alcohol yesterday. Yes, I saw. I saw <laughs> you uh, projectile vomit on what? a uh, young uh, woman at the bar. Was it was it around her or on her? It was on her or all around oh. her, and I uh, did. Was she, did she like? No, Kessler, c- c- come and t- 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 take a look at what I'm doing uh, here. What's up? He walks over. So what Dref has like an accounting of the uh, ship's weaponry, and he started like a rough list of what he thinks that they're up against. He's also got like uh, another you know written column of like battle plans with ideas like crossed out. He's got like fake distress signal, a ship full of ghosts, uh, <laughs> uh, medical emergency, um, uh, sneak attack, question mark, exclamation point, and then that's crossed out. He's probably been up for a while this morning working this thing out i can't i i i I can't figure out what our best course of action here is uh uh, uh, oh i am concerned about attacking the civility head on and um drink drink oh what's this is this magical in nature this liquid or is this no, just this is just straight up like uh herbs and spices uh this is like <laughs> this is this is not this is in no way magical it's just a it's, it's just, just medicinal, medicinal. Yeah. yeah okay it's yeah. it's whatever alka-seltzer is in this world uh, it's basically like you know taking a plant ground it down put it in some water <laughs> makes things oh, yeah there's probably like some aspirin or something yeah. mixed in so it'll help with the headache but yeah so you drink it you know yeah. it's it's cool to drink and goes down bubbly which is interesting a change of pace and i think washes some of the gross flavor in your mouth away hmm. thanks Dref. so we're trying to figure out uh 
what about the angles? Is there like a best uh, a way of attack on like a ship like this? Do mm. we come at it from above or below? Uh, I feel like they're always expecting us to come from below. Civility is a gunship, so it will um, have defenses at most angles. Uh, we are best uh, attacking from the port Prop- starboard. That's sides of ship, right? Those are sides or- of ship. Port, yeah. So you don't want to probably we- go on the sides, but above might be probably the best idea. In and this we setting. have our ridges, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, on the port and starboard sides of our ship, we have our uh, grappling cannons. Mm-hmm. But maybe an aerial assault would be best, especially if we could uh, use cloud cover to sneak up on them. Mm. Either way, we're running a significant risk. Mm. Hey, Dref, mm? have you ever seen Gable, like, you know, let other people ride her birds? Um. Well, uh, Gable um, ri- rides her birds, and um, have I seen that? Would Would other people ride them, or would just Gable ride so them? So this is yeah. This has been two years, and I think this is question best put to Liz. Mm. You've got three birds that you use typically. Mm-hmm. Um, do you allow other people to ride those birds, or are those just yours? I would think probably not, but they've been yeah. trying to convince me. Like it makes a lot more sense. There are three of them. Why don't we have three riders? But are these we- the only three birds on the ship? Is, I guess, Ooh, another question. Because, man, well, what an addition to the crew you have made if you just brought, like, three warbirds, essentially. I mean, they're not all warbirds, but that would certainly be how a crew of pirates well, saw them. There's That's also the question, like, is this a normal, like, thing for all, like, all ships to have? I don't think it's something that all ships have because it, I think it takes a specialized skill. But there are ships that have them. And the Uhuru specifically has been modified to have those cages mm-hmm. on the underside of the ship. So it's very core to the strategy of how this ship operates. Yeah. I think it's always been a sort of half promise. Like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. We'll get to it. But it's never Mm -hmm. been because theoretically we should be training everyone on all weapons that we have. But I like it as as something that the captain has like sort of always had uh, his eye on Mm -hmm. um, is is having these birds in the ship. So like spent a lot of money pretty early on in the Mm -hmm. ship's life, like getting those cages and they just filled them with like trash and old newspapers for a long time <laughs> and then they when the birds like came it showed up the captain was like hey look the newspapers are already there this <laughs> hey. was always my idea it's like all right <laughs> uh, to, to the best of my knowledge gable um doesn't let anyone ride her birds uh, but mm. Uh, I know the captain uh, 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 very much um, uh, liked the birds and, and, and was very much in awe of, of the birds. Maybe we, you should take these uh, and he rolls up like the plans he was working on uh, uh, to Gable and uh, have her uh, um, ch- ch- check on uh, if the feasibility. I, I've, I have much to do. Uh, um, I get to run a war message. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you, uh, Jonathan. And, and, uh, and he's, he's like grabbing everything. He's like pushing you out. And the camera just moves to the side. Like we see a division between this room and the captain's quarters. And in the captain's quarters, we see Gable facing Travis. Gable and Travis are there together around the captain's map table, which does have like figures of ships and whatnot. And the captain is standing in this room, uh, looking out a window. Window, uh, you know, with a very yeah. sort of like regal pose. And we can see that before like one of the bindings in the jaw like half pops open and just like half of the jaw is now hanging open. I think we're, we every so often we'll just casually like 
while we're looking at a map, tap it back into place. Just like <laughs> get get back there. There's yeah, there's a lot of like regal dignity in that until mm-hmm. until you see those moments. But I think Gable to me would probably pretty seriously be like pouring over this board and mm-hmm. sort of like looking at it, even though in reality, it, it's probably the two figures of that represent the ships and maybe other figures to represent your birds, yeah. um, if possible. Well, there's also like, we've got the Nodos who like is with the zip lines and things like mm-hmm. that. So like we had like- But that would still be coming that. from your yeah, ship. Absolutely, so yeah. that's not, that's not a separate figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, we've got Travis. Travis, I believe is sort of like less involved, like casually is just there to be like a sounding board mm-hmm. who's standing on the other side of this big war table. You know, eventually someone will realize him. Oh, well, Yes. Stop. <laughs> we're we're not stopping people from noticing. We're just prolonging, hopefully. I don't know. Like I this isn't what I do. I don't plan. I don't want to go in with a plan. I just wanna ugh, ugh. Can I ride one of the birds? No. <laughs> Sometimes I am a bird. Then just do that. Not now. <laughs> what so if and when you turn into a bird, would you want to ride another bird? Well, no, that's the that's the thing is now I would like to because I'm not one. But you can get the sensation later. I just think it would be useful now for two people to be on the big birds. Ugh, <sighs> it's just they're not ready and you you've your hands are you haven't washed them and it's. Oh, I'm just it so is busy. Not hard to see that the things that are preventing Gable from allowing you to do this are not reasonable things. Like you can see through that easily as, you know, someone who is a gambler and a con artist and used to reading people. How about this? Mm. I can ride the birds now and then later I'll owe you a favor. Perhaps you're interested in a new watch. I do think after hearing this that Travis is idly shuffling a deck of cards. I think I, I was thinking about this the other day and I think he has like a, a deck of the luminary cards that he like Oh yeah. He, that are like his personal deck that he uses uh but also I think he's he sort of a nervous tick as he shuffles them. Gambit. Mm. Uh, also he's Cajun. Yeah, he <laughs> sounds exactly like Gambit. <laughs> what could I possibly want? Who's to say? Who's to say what the future holds? Except for maybe the cards. And he spreads out the deck. Oh, are we going to do a, a sailor's reading right now? I, whatever that is, probably. So, <laughs> a sailor's reading is a reading that you would get from a deck of luminaries that would be able to tell you information about your future or your past. And information about... Oh, my gosh. I actually need to look up my own stupid rules. Uh-oh. <gasps> my own in. stupid rules. My own stupid rules. It's a game inside of a game. Do-do-do-do. It'll tell you about your past. It'll tell you about your future. And another thing that I've got to look up. So if he's laying these cards out, you would just need to pick two and lay them on top of each other, sort of like a cross. North is going to tell you about external. South will tell you about internal, tell you about yourself. 
Okay, so that is going to be facing west, and I couldn't decide earlier what I wanted to represent the past or the future, so I think uh, west is going to represent the past now. You can now flip those over, and we can get your divination. You got children facing you, and the soldiers facing the past. Okay, um, so for your divination... Of you are yourself. a child soldier, done. Moving on. <laughs> oh, this is great. The children. The um, un- it's the union. It's the union. Oh, the union. Oh, the union. Uh, oh, less great. Oh, oh no. Actually, no, the union's still pretty yeah, good. Yeah, you really would have wanted the children there. For divination on the union, the union favors harmony. Where there is a bond, the union grants strength. This power can stretch beyond any distance or barrier. Souls in the thrall of the union can find strength even when they are separated by death. However, the bond must be true without selfishness or cynicism in order to work. So in this space, Gable, I feel like you have been pulling back uh, from, from your group a bit, uh, not wanting to share the birds. And this is card is telling you that you will find strength in uh, togetherness, um, working with people. Uh, as far as the soldiers um, being oriented towards your past, let's find those soldiers. The soldier's divination is uh, is implying that you were the instrument of a higher power that is seen or beyond your comprehension. A force larger than yourself seeks to deceive you in order to control you. Death is the fate that awaits those that continue along this path. Uh, so you get a startlingly prescient divination uh, <laughs> oriented towards your past. Um, and it looks like uh, the reading of yourself uh, is telling you some uh, very uh, valuable and prescient information as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I think Travis has sort of explained how these divinations have watched uh, have worked before, and you've watched Travis do it. But this is the first time you've gotten a reading yourself. Mm-hmm. What sort of expression is like does Travis have on his face? Is he's reading? I imagine some emotion from Gable at this point. Uh, I think I think there's, there's a little bit of a, a smirk on his face, but he's mostly able to sort of have a good poker face. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Interesting. Hmm. Of course, it could be nothing. You know, they're just cards after all. You talk a lot, don't you? Me? Yes. <laughs> You're looking at each other now, standing across this war board, and you've got these divination cards between you two. And you also are the only two members of this crew that know about each other, that really know about each other. You don't know in detail, but... You have a hint that both of you have been around longer than anyone else would imagine. And I think that moment sinks in a little bit as the door bursts open. For war, an- war message! 
I have a war message from next next door. Drift. He sent me one with the scroll. Yeah. Okay. How are you feeling? What? How are you feeling? My brain hurts, but oh. it's, I'm over it. And he runs in, and then like uh, he just kind of like throws the parchment down, and then just like slides it open over top of whatever that uh, whatever you guys were doing. He's like, okay, so Drift, he uh, he's been working on a lot of plans, and there's like uh, the grappling hook option, and you know there's the uh, the the hiding behind the clouds option, and but the what we were really thinking about, and I think this is what weird is like the 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 primo idea, we get the birds. And we go in from the top with the birds. Oh, the birds, you say? Uh, yeah, the birds. <laughs> Gable, knocks the birds. On, <laughs> Gable knocks on the wall and says, Draft, you want to just come talk to us? You hear like a clatter and a spill and like, you know, obviously <laughs> caught unawares from next door. He gave me bubble water. Because like Draft, if this were modern day, Draft would absolutely be the, the type to just text everything. Yeah. So he would have to like... <laughs> Yeah, a moment later, like, Dref comes in. He's, like, wiping his hands on his, like, uh, kind of medical smock. Uh, yes? You can just tell us these things. You don't have to send. Uh, uh, I wrote them down uh, in plans, so everyone would be on the uh, same page as to the uh, procedure. Oh, his jaw. Yes. Uh, Dref <laughs> goes over and starts fussing with the captain's jaw. Dref, I feel like I can't read your handwriting sometimes. It seems like you're always kind of just, like doing this so you can get done with it so you're just like in a hurry a lot uh, i apologize um point of a uh, 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 strategy the civility has more guns more men uh, more experience in the sky if we don't use the element of surprise i i i i fear that our, our chances are the likelihood of success uh, mm, uh, is very low I understand the need for surprise, but I would really appreciate it that if we were to start making plans that involved other people's personal property, maybe we talk to that person first. Hmm? What are you talking about? Birds. 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 Speaking of personal uh, property, uh, I have a um, idea for uh, how we might be able to uh, steal the cargo we have been requested to steal mm -hmm. without um, being as um, noticed. Yeah. Uh, Dref uh, kind of like goes into one of his uh, pockets, pulls out a parchment and starts like unfolding it and puts it down on the war room table. I believe we could repurpose uh, some of our, our feather weave uh, sails to make a, uh, a small uh, uh, portable device, uh, which attached to the cargo uh, would be able to uh, float it out of the ship uh, for us to come and collect um, later. If this were to work, which I don't know if it necessarily would work, but my suspicion is that it may, uh, we could theoretically uh, steal the cargo without uh, mm, a hullabaloo, uh, big fight, uh, swords poking people, the blood from inside of a person coming out of uh, their holes. <laughs> Janet, Janet sees this. I'll get you some bubble water. And then runs out. No, uh, mm, uh, don't touch my mm, bubbles. Bubbles. <laughs> 
Hey heroes, welcome to the mid-roll. It's James, your game master. I hope you're enjoying what you're listening to so far because we've got a brand new editor on the campaign podcast, and that is Casey Tony. You might recognize his work from the Neo Scum podcast, both as a performer and an editor. I took care of the editing on the first three episodes of this series, but I knew I couldn't keep it up for long. I want campaign to be the best it possibly can be. And I know that I'm not the best person for every job. I've admired Casey's dedication to his craft for a long time, and I can't imagine a person more suited to this role. If you haven't checked out Casey's other work, do yourself a favor and head over to the Neo Scum podcast and give it a listen. Heroes, right now the One Shot Network is in the middle of a Patreon drive. It's been a wild year for One Shot, but we're trying to end 2018 strong. And we can only do that with your help. In case you don't know, the network and every production on it is supported by Patreon. That's folks heading to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and signing up to give us a small amount of money each month. That money keeps productions like Campaign going, but it also comes with amazing rewards. If you subscribe at the $5 or more level, you get access to the OneShot Secret Archive, which includes all sorts of really cool bonus content, including lost episodes of our previous Star Wars campaign, and right now the first part of a Firefly alternate universe version of our Star Wars campaign. If we manage to hit $7,500 a month on Patreon, we'll also release the first part of our Bin Bon and Jubna 2 series, continuing the adventures of our side story stars Bin Bon the Jawa and Jubna the Gamorrean. Star none other than Stephen Kropa and Mike McDowell. Of course, our big goal this year is to hit $8,500 a month. If we manage to do that, we will take the campaign podcast back to a weekly schedule. That means you will get twice as much Skyjacks content as you're getting right now. So head over to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and see if you want to give. If you're already a backer and you want to support the show, the best way to do it is to pass it on to your friends. The more folks we have listening, the more likely contributors we'll have. We also just get a kick out of sharing the story. Now, if you want to help campaign while helping yourself, there's another way to do it. If you want to put a personal or professional message in the show, you can head over to oneshotpodcast.com, click on the Contact Us section, and head to Radvertise. Radvertisements are a new system where we let listeners put messages in the mid-roll of our shows. For $100, you'll be able to buy a personal message, a shout-out to a friend, family, or loved one. And for $200, you can put a professional message in the show. Maybe you've got a blog or a podcast that you'd like to promote. The first advertisements will be hitting our feed in December, but you can book them right now. And slots are limited, so I'd advise going quickly. Before we get back to the show, I want to thank some of the wonderful people who support us on Patreon. First up is Craig Shoesmith. Thank you so much, Craig. Vans88, thank you very much. David Brewer, thank you so much for your support. Chelsea Wong, thank you so much. Mitchell Hargreaves, thank you. J. Brandon Massengill, thank you. R. Michael Moraway, thank you so much. Elliot Craggs, thank you. Scotticus, thank you so much. Tentacle Duck, uh, thank you. I wonder if you're related to Muller Duck at all. Paul Borer, thank you. Tucker Maltby, thank you so much. Carl Spar, thank you. Carnival, thank you very much. Inviged, thank you very much. Colin C, thank you so much for your support. JV, thank you. Charles Summerhill, thank you so much. April Zola Emerson, thank you. 
And Jonathan Levine, thank you so much. Thanks again to everyone who supports us and everyone who's going to join up during this drive. Remember, at the $10 or more a month level, you get to send in Dear Uhuru letters and NPCs. Instructions are going out to $10 backers this week. So if you want to be part of the first wave, get enrolled as soon as you can. And with all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. So yeah, the, the, he's he's laid out this plan. The, the device looks relatively simple. It would require, you know, I, I want to say a five by five sheet of feather weave. Feather weave is not something that is easy to come by. It is incredibly valuable and it can be at times difficult to work with. This would require that and uh, some whale oil, it looks like. Feather weave is very resistant to burning. If it's exposed to heat, it will rise into the air. As it cools down, it will start to sink in the air. It's the basic principle by which all sky ships operate. So this device would simply mean rubbing down this feather weave with oil, lighting it on fire, and making it rise to the sky. It would very effectively carry even a very large piece of cargo. The problem is... If you light a big sheet of feather weave on fire, it's not going to be exactly subtle, but it would be an incredibly portable way to bring this onto a ship. You could even have one person attach this to a piece of cargo, light it off, and float it away. The question is getting out afterwards. It's not a bad idea. No, especially not with the birds. Mm, it's not my first idea. It's the in conclusion to a long uh, uh, night and morning of uh, ideas. It lacks a certain amount of blood, though. I think I want a quick flashback of, of the planning sessions because origin I think Dref spent his night in the hotel room, um, and I feel like uh, cuddled up next to him as as a sleeping bunny is Travis. Uh, and I just think that's a very adorable picture. It's very cute. <laughs> I think didn't Dref leave the hotel room that night? Because he left Travis in the hotel room. My impression was that after that scene, I had gone back to the ship. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, then we'll we'll cut out that image as much. But I think that it's Dref spent most of last night in the captain's quarters in the war room doing this planning, talking to the captain. Because um, uh, Dref spends a lot of time alone with the captain and a lot of time like uses him as like a soundboard, even though he knows he can't respond. So a soundboard or a sounding board? Sounding board. Okay. A soundboard. He's just like. <laughs> <laughs> Horny. Uh, just, just, uh, but he, Dref was like debating for long uh, moments last night with the captain, even like yelling or uh, like raising his voice. Yeah, be, baby. Becoming very embarrassed. Becoming very embarrassed at his yelling. My uh, wife. <laughs> um, but essentially just having like uh, long back and forths with uh, this uh, reanimated corpse. I like that. And, and I think one of the things that is to the credit of Dreff and the work that he has done on this body is that the captain, like during these scenes, even though we know this is nonsense, uh, the captain is always like looking thoughtful or clever, like he's holding secret information that no one else has. Like a cat with a mouse. Yeah, he's always exactly. like smiling a little bit. He's so cute. He's very coy. And his default like is to give you the look that's like, is that the idea that you had or is that the idea that I had? <laughs> type of, like, he's thing. so sassy. Yeah, he's, he's a very sassy it, captain. It, it's not helped by matters that uh, he does occasionally wink 
as well. Yes, his the occasional wink is something that we still cannot uh, can't just figure. can't figure out or correct. <laughs> um, uh, but um, the best part about uh, 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 this plan is it doesn't require me to go aboard the civility. I think it's a wonderful plan. However, I think it needs an element of distraction. Travis, how about you and I do that? Sure, I'm good at distracting people. Mm. Wait, am I? Are you saying that I'm going to be on the ship? I'm going to go on the ship while you guys are distracting? We didn't say it, but it's we a great didn't... idea, Jonathan. Well, Thank you for your service. Hold on, well, I, well, I feel well. like I, I should have some help. Oh, you will. I you mean, and Dref will... will be heading up the actual climbing onto the ship. Oh, uh, oh no. It's your plan. <laughs> no, no, no. You're uh, the well... one that knows it back to front. Oh, uh, but. <laughs> Um, uh, How would anyone else have the knowledge and the capability of knowing where to and from everything needs to go? Oh, I can't think of anyone better to head up the actual claiming of the cargo. And 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 and, and what 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 is your what is the distraction? We'll part be doing of the, distraction. But I um, uh, and what exactly does that entail? You you don't need to know. The less you know, the better. In fact, if you get captured. Oh, that's not how plans work. Um, well, sure it is. Yes. Well, you've got to have a plan, and then you've got to have a backup plan. Draft, we get to be on the ship. Yes, and I th- th- thought out and explained my part of the plan, and, 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 and I believe in a reasonable uh, 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 manner, but I, I, I'm unfamiliar with your part of the plan, so how am I to know if your part of the plan is um, uh, working or oh, not well, no. working? If, if you get the cargo off the ship, it looks like our plan worked. No, if I get the cargo off... Off the ship, that look means my plan worked. Part uh, of your plan. Again, I don't think you understand the... Uh, no, and- J- Drev, it's, it's super simple. All right, we get to be on the ship. We're the ones that are going to get the stuff off. We're going to be the heroes. The captain has to come uh, with me. We will uh, uh, need oh. him uh, for, for this, and we will require mm, uh, one of your birds. Oh, they're all in use. We Wait, what? need a way to get onto the ship without being detected. I want uh, to write a We bird. will need the use of uh, at least one of your birds. They're all going to be in use. How do you envision us getting aboard their ship? <laughs> Zipline. Oh, if we zipline, we will be far too close. They will see our ship. No, they this won't. plan involves, uh, uh, necessitates stealth. We'll just wait for the weather to turn. So the clouds can give us cover. Even if the clouds give us cover, uh, our ship is far too big to... It would be spotted almost uh, immediately. The the crux of this plan relies uh, on stealth and the fact that uh, our ship is nowhere near their ship when we steal the cargo. If we do not do it that way, they will be able to tie this theft uh, to the Uhuru, which could be uh, very bad for us. A a ship like the Civility, knowing that we are the ones that robbed them, would be disastrous for for, for, for all of us. So as soon as you make it across to the Civility, cut the lines, the Uhuru leaves, and we'll make sure you get out safely. Mm -hmm. Well, what if you guys drop us off on a bird? Like we fly over the ship, maybe we zip line down, and then you guys can cut the line and and take off from there. I feel like the ship that we have, the Uhuru, is pretty huge. 
I mean, not as big as like the civility, but it'd be super noticeable. We're going to die. We're going to die. No, we're not going to die. I'm sorry? You're saying that we're going to die under your breath. Quite confident. I've never died before. I don't see why it would happen today. And at least one of us is already dead. The captain winks. (laughs) (laughs) He's still facing out. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, my... I think our plan for me and Travis is to, like, create distraction with an actual, like, battle on the top of, of the ship. Okay, so you... Because you I'm, thir- I'm bloodthirsty and I don't want to actually do a plan. So I am trying to envision... What, when you say a battle on the top of the ship, you don't mean a ship-to-ship battle. You mean you and Travis will land on that ship yeah. and just fight Swashbuckle. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Rad. Cool, cool, Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's an amazing plan. Meanwhile, another bird that is carrying Dref and Jonnet sort of lands at a different part of yeah, the ship. they'll probably be the peacock. So then the question is, since you've rallied your crew to understand this plan, do we want to define what they're doing now? Or do we want to save that in reserve so that you guys sort of have a backup plan to reveal at a critical moment? I would assume that they're all part of Dref's plan? So there would be more than Dref swooping down to or like onto the ship? Tying or, down cargo or like... I mean, somebody needs or... to be aboard the Huru in order to fly it over to the cargo to collect the cargo after it's been floated off. It's more of a question of like, you've got this crew of people, you have an entire ship at mm-hmm. your disposal. Mm-hmm. Do you want to, as players, define what that ship's role is now, apart from picking up the cargo? Or do you want to wait until like the heat of the moment so you can say, oh, and we ordered them to swoop in and start firing at, at this point or something like that? That sounds easier. I think waiting. Yeah. Okay. I will say that if we do choose to have the ship come to our aid and assistance, there's another plan that I will propose. The uh, civility is a gunship, which means it has weaponry aboard. Uh, if we had uh, agents sneaking aboard the ship, we could try our best to disable uh, uh, or, or, or jam the machinery that uh, uh, uses those weapons so that we could do more of a frontal assault. You fools, you've activated James's nerdery. In order to disable cannons specifically, uh, it's really simple. All you have to do is put a nail into the hole that is used for the ignition. So at the cost of a couple iron nails, you could nail shut those holes and completely disable guns on that ship. Hmm. That sounds like a you problem. Do we have any <clears throat> do we have any idea of uh, how many guns might be on that ship? Um, ooh, can I roll some sort of knowledge? Yeah, absolutely. This would just be a knowledge adventuring. What is the check? So I think this is going to be an easy check, knowing the sort of armaments that might be aboard a ship. Four successes and two threats. Uh, This would be around 125 guns, as you believe, might be on a ship like this. However, those guns are divided up uh, between the sides of the ship. There are probably somewhere around 15 to 20 guns on the aft of the ship, maybe close to 10 uh, on the front of the ship. And then on either side, that is where the majority of their guns are going to be. And that's just an estimate. You haven't seen the civility yet. Uh, you just know the relative size of ship that it is. If we are um, planning on a frontal assault in any way, I would suggest an, a new plan. 
if uh, 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 Jonnet and Travis can board the ship and disable as many guns as possible, uh, uh, I can sneak into the cargo uh, hold and put my device on uh, the cargo. Um, once the guns are deactivated, we could feasibly attack with the entire crew, have our distraction battle, as you want to have, and then flee with the cargo stolen and come back for it at a later time. I never intended to have the entire crew need to be in this battle. That turns a distraction battle into a real battle. Yes, but distraction in the way that if their guns are disabled, we can escape. Uh, so, uh, quick question. do we Are we sure that the cargo that we're trying to airlift out is going to be on the top of the ship? What if it's below deck? It will most certainly be uh, below deck in the cargo hold of uh, 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 the ship. Uh, do, you, do these ships have back openings, you know, like a plane. So, so there would be a way, it's like cargo is typically like lifted out of a ship. However, uh, the way these ships port is very different than the way like we would think of ships being ported. In order to lift something out of a ship, you'd need a very large crane. I do think some ships have a hatch opening to load cargo in the side. Like you'd sort of slightly dry dock, open up the side of the ship and load and unload things. Uh, like the way a bus loads luggage. What's a bus? Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Quite. My, my plan is to use the, 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 the side uh, release and push the cargo out uh, the side of the ship. Mm. And thanks to the miracle of Feather Weave, it should be relatively easy for one person to be able to move cargo of just about any size. I don't mind disabling the idea of disabling their guns. If anything, it'll help us in the future. As long as they can't trace it back to the Uhuru. There's one more mm, thing to consider. Uh, while the fight is ensuing and while the guns are disabled, I could do my best while I'm under the cargo hold to disable the steering um, mechanism of the civility. Uh, if that is successful, then we could escape without the threat that they would be able to follow in an appropriate time. Sounds like Dref wants to have a little fun. Mm, the best part about uh, this plan is the fighting would be happening uh, above uh, decks while Dref would be uh, mm, uh, below uh, with the machines. Well, unless we move it downstairs. Sometimes things happen. Please keep it upstairs. Well, please. we do our best, but you know what? Sometimes it's just fun to fight on stairs. And if anything uh, happens, I will have the um, captain to protect me. The captain winks. <laughs> Travis, are, you wanna you wanna put some uh, nails in some cannons? It would be my pleasure. So the question then, in my mind, is: Are you going to be attacking during the day or at night? Has to. <gasps> has to. What can? What? Oh no! It has to be during the day. Oh no! If we go at night. Can what can the rabbit do to disable these cannons? Well, we don't know what season it's going to be when you ultimately decide to go through like i am going to have you draw cards to determine what season it is that could also lead to you having a much more subtle agent aboard yeah. the ship right. to help you right. move around unseen like yeah if we do go at night when you light the feather weave on fire it will be much more obvious this is true mm -hmm. 
So each there's a pro there's like one pro and one con to each. Here's a quick question about the the feather weave lighting. Would it be possible to maybe just like heat up like some metal like in in the sense of not necessarily like lighting something on fire underneath it but something like conducting that like a huge like a large amount of heat to then re- provide the heat needed to get the feather weave up absolutely and airborne. the only challenge in that is how do you transport that yeah mm. um, oh can't well shoot it across <laughs> each one of it, like i mean each one of these ships is going to have a supply of coal aboard um yeah. in order to uh you know heat their own feather weave but that's a great idea from Jonathan. keep an eye out for it we 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 bring the feather weave because it's lightweight enough and look for an alternate heating source while we're on the ship yes it could work it could be a more subtle way to get the feather weave off the we ship. Could just superheat a cannonball. Wait, who has magic? Uh, wait, I. You have I magic. Have, I have magic. Yeah. Okay. Figure that out. <laughs> I'll figure that out. <laughs> well, um, this seems like a good plan. John, it. You've been. Uh, I've noticed you've been looking at Lucas, which is the peacock. Mm-hmm. Do you feel comfortable giving him commands? Just just tell me what to say and I'll say it. <laughs> Why so easy giving the kid a because bird? You, because you're going to be taking the I, albatross. I, okay, well, that's that's a very good bird of all your birds. It is my favorite, but <laughs> it did take a lot of convincing. But then, but then he can just take the bird. Well, because I know Are you. you. Try, we're both getting birds. What are you doing? I'm just saying. Speaking of taking a lot of convincing, does anyone have an idea of how likely the crew is to go along with a plan like this? Now, I feel like it's called blacking out, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Before I blacked out, I thought the crew was kind of down to to do this. Yeah. Like, I think just taking the rough temperature of what happened with everyone, Nodos and Wendell would be very in favor of Mm -hmm. sort of a loud distraction battle. Wendell in particular has a score to settle with someone aboard uh, that ship. Hornet is always kind of more conservative. Spit is harder to read. You do know that they are all like kind of in favor of a plan, though if it puts places the crew more or less at risk, they might you know, have their own requirements. Uh You know, you've got at least two people who would definitely be on board for this sort of thing. So you really only need to swing one of them. Mm -hmm. We we have to swing them again. We have to do another. You don't have to do another. Mm -hmm. You just have to lay out the plan to one of them. And as long as you can get that one to agree, the other's objection really isn't going to matter. Yeah. If we do this, I will leave the politics of the crew to you. I I should go prepare my device and make sure it will uh, work. I'm going to go find some nails. Yes, a a lot of nails. A a lot of nails. Uh, If I can't find the nails, how are we? What what areas can I take them out of the floorboards? I will find you the nails. Come, Jonathan. Come with me. Okay. Okay. Supply. I was just trying to help. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'll procure the whale oil. I'll speak to Nodos and Wendell, and they'll hopefully be able to relate everything to. Mm, That's a good way to start. Okay. And since it seems like you're amicable enough with the bird thing. It's amiable, but... Uh, she's right. Uh, amicable is the wrong word. I'll, I'll leave. <laughs> Excuse me. Pardon me. I'm just you're in the in the standing the in the door. The captain's just standing in the doorway. <laughs> he, yeah, he is not moving. <laughs> I'll just 
and he he moves in the way that you move as you yeah. try to step around. <laughs> I will uh, maybe if I went mm, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, you can have your keys to your birds back. Oh damn! Mm. Damn it! Because <laughs> you took it out of my pocket. Why did the birds have keys? I guess they're the cage changed. Cages. Yeah, the cage keys. Not keys to like a bird, as if you put them into the ignition. <laughs> You're flooding the bird. <laughs> Step off its clutch. Uh, so wait, I, I want to run down the list of birds again. So we've got okay, the peacock. So we've the got peacock is name is Lucas. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the big grandiose. We're going to meet the queen kind mm-hmm. of thing. The warbird is a red-tailed hawk. I think yes. uh, Metatron. Bias. And yeah, and then for speed we have the albatross, which I think I, we're just going to name it Flea. Flea, excellent. Oh yeah, it's pretty red tail in that hawk. I, I was looking at hawks, and all of the other names are stupid. Yeah, that's great. Um, Looks cool too. And they like to rip guts. Well, don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a baby Get, term. Yeah, yeah. Guts. <laughs> rip guts. <laughs> it's is not it? now. It is soon. Cat. <laughs> it's just like. Uh, we already convinced the crew, though. Yeah, you, the crew's you, on board. You have you have convinced the crew that you are going to attack this ship. Yeah. Um, if you don't want to convince them again, we can sort of speed through that. And the only question that I have for you is: Do you want to attack day or night? Because that is yeah. going to make a critical difference for at least one member of this attack party. Birds flying out of the sun is very cool. Do we have to choose before we find out what season it is? That's true. Let's have Johnny choose for us what season it's going to be. Summer. Summer. You will be a coyote. What about this? Mm -hmm. Uh, What what if we board by night and attack at day? Night will give us the opportunity uh, to do some uh, sabotage and uh, hide out, and day will give us the cover for the battle and uh, 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 the escape. We would basically just need to spend the night on the civility. Oh, That's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. Where does the crew sleep, though? Below decks. Where's the cargo? <laughs> Below decks. <laughs> but I'm... the guns are above decks. Well, the guns would be below decks. But the, well. oh, yeah, I'm sorry. So... Are they all? Are they? Are they it's like cannons. In- so, there, so there'd be some on top deck, but uh, you know, it's like gotcha. the old-fashioned gunships. You'd have rows and rows of cannons. Yes, uh, guns are below decks. Crew is below decks. But in terms of boarding, we would be less noticeable at night. Hmm. Who are the stealthiest members of your team? I'm just curious. Uh, not me. Yellow and two green. That's I good. also have a yellow and two green. Two green. Two green. Two green. Okay. So it's these two. So are those, the stealthy yeah, ones. Those two are the stealthy ones. Which so. is good because we're the saboteurs anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're comfortable, we could split the party. Send the two of you ahead first and then we attack at dawn. Sure. As long as your bird doesn't mind a coyote on its don't, back. It's just don't call it my bird. It's a bird and it has a name. As long as a bird doesn't mind a coyote on its <laughs> Any back. Any bird. I, I'm okay with this if... Do we do maybe if uh, we get something, if something goes wrong, we'll probably just like blow something up and that'll be the cue to just come help. Mm-hmm. I don't know, is there a better way of, of doing that? I, I can't think of a better like a way. Blowing something up would be great. The best one. All right. Uh, so then rather than having another scene of convincing the crew or anything like that, I just want to see like a quick montage of what each of you grabs or does to prepare for a high stakes situation like this. 
So Travis goes to a local um, oil oilman. Mm-hmm. Um, Hello. <laughs> yep. And now it's a scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh hello! I'm Justin, passing through, and I was. Okay, Does that man want some oil, dear? Quiet, Elga. <laughs> Jeremy, sorry, it's my son, Jeremy. <laughs> Quiet, Jeremy. We have a customer. Jeremy, come here. We're that couple that calls our ch- dogs our children because we ain't ever our own. Who's my beautiful boy? Oh, beautiful Jeremy. Oh, you yeah, do. We saw you, you on that big sky ship come through, all right? Yes, beautiful sky ship indeed. <laughs> Where's the porridge? <laughs> I'm cooking it. I'll feed it to Jeremy first. Oh, it's a dog, bloody dog. Oh, he gets the porridges first. <laughs> While they're having this conversation, Travis just steals like a lot of stuff. Feed <laughs> <laughs> the porridges with Sherry. He's got a sentence. Oh, stomach. look what you've already done. You spooked off another customer. Oh, no, over oil. stolen. <laughs> I'm more I'm more in love with you today than when I first met you 24 years ago. You're oh. the sunshine of my life. I love you so much, my dear. Let's go on a trip. <laughs> Jeremy. Jeremy, you know you're coming to Jeremy, old dog. Come here. What the fuck? Where's all my oil? <laughs> <laughs> No roll, no roll. Just steals all the oil. (laughs) What is me in that scene a second longer? I don't see why we would roll to prolong it. And now it's time for a dear Uhuru letter. Dear Uhuru, your delivery service in the past has been applaudable, as I've seen hasty arrival of painkillers and uh, camel maintenance supplies, even when I've found myself in foreign shores. However, as of late, your delivery has been lacking. My shipment of soilament over the past several months has failed to arrive, leaving me in this desert dry. Please provide an update of these shipments as well as the letters I have sent to my girl. If unable, I'm afraid this disappointment in your service forces me to cancel my subscription to Uhuru Prime. And I don't know if I'll ever be back again. I hope you can understand. Sincerely yours, Lejean Ayres from Gape Ari. Uh, I think I can feel this one, Lejean. We are... Terribly sorry about our lack of service. We're currently focused on our second Uhuru headquarters, and Mm -hmm. that's why we're having trouble keeping up to date with a lot of our current shipments. But once we select the actual city that we will have our, um, uh, I I believe our warehouse is what we're calling it. It's a new word, warehouse. Uh, We are hopefully going to get back on track, and we sincerely apologize. Oh, oh, oh my, I... I'm seeing their order marked as delivered. Uh, oh. Well, I wonder if uh, perhaps 
perhaps uh, check, you know, all around your front door, uh, perhaps behind lawn furniture. It's possible that we tried to hide it. Uh, also, sometimes things get marked as delivered, and they uh, will arrive in the next day or so. To, to, yeah. to clarify that that, that that position, we encourage all of our uh, uh, delivery uh, people to uh, uh, have fun with their job and hide the packages, uh, make it more of a, a, a hunt and a fun activity to, to find uh, what you requested. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it could be be up to four blocks away. Uh, <laughs> check sewers. Check uh, uh, maintenance crates. Uh, you you might want to uh, uh, check um, uh, uh, statues that are dressed up as sexy dogs. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we we take some c- c- creative liberties with with, with 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 where we hide them. And sometimes we just mark it as delivered, and then we open it ourselves. Yes, we do. Ooh, that. yes. Yeah. Did you order something good? That's the difference. Well, uh, looking at the manifest here, it does look like I ordered a bottle of ancient Shiraz. Ancient uh, so Shiraz. that does seem like it would be good. You know, I have a friend who worked for another delivery company, uh, and he said that the one of the most common things that people ordered, this is true, is bags of deer urine. The most common. One of the most common. Did your friend work for a deer urine delivery service? No, they started selling books and then continued to sell more and more things up to and including deer urine. What's the over-under on that being sexual? Oh, uh, 100%. Uh, over how do over unders work? <laughs> it's a hundred percent over a hundred percent. That's what how it how it works. And uh, I, I understand yeah. your confusion with the bags. Uh, how some countries um, have milk in cartons or plastic ah. uh, jugs, and others have their milk in bags. So if I went to uh, Speer Canada, for example, I could get uh, some fine deer urine mm-hmm. in a bag. In a bag. But then then you have to get a plastic pitcher to put the bag in which is a thing that I just found out that is truly insane. But in other countries, you get jugs of piss. Mm-hmm. Piss chugs. <laughs> yes, piss G- chugs. Genet- all... Genetically speaking, deer urine is the closest uh, approximation to human urine. So if you are looking to uh, <laughs> trick a uh, drug test for some sort of employment mm-hmm. uh, and you use deer urine uh, to mask your uh, drug-addled dirty urine, uh, you uh, can most likely fool the test. And it works the other way as well. If you are a deer seeking employment, employment. you mm-hmm. can use human piss. Mm-hmm. Good luck finding clean human piss. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be clean. Uh, deer culture is much different than human culture, That's and true. they respect heavy drug use among their <laughs> they, people. They but encourage it. They encourage it. But if you are a deer, sometimes you might not want to get fucked up on the white dragon, so you... <laughs> Would prefer to buy dirty human piss in order to get a job at, say, a deer bank. Oh, to, to do a good culture fit. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. at this deer bank, we all ride the white dragon. <laughs> and that's what we do here. And that's... I hope that helps. <laughs> Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter at Tyler A. Dave, on Mainstage with Second City, or at IO with Devil's Daughter. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or at Comedy Sports Chicago with the One Woman No Show. Travis Matago was played by Johnny O'Mara, who could be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. 
Dref Wormwood was played by John Patrick Cohen, who can be found on Twitter at JPSoFly, on stage at I.O. with Devil's Daughter, or on his podcast, Hey Riddle Riddle. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at ATPTunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The role-playing game used for this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system published by Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Health to the strangers who've ever been kind And once for our friends ne'er to rise Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind Who know we can never deny The call of the sky